The reading today is from Mark chapter 5, verses 21 to 35, which is on page 1007 of your Bibles. When Jesus had again crossed over the boat to the other side of the lake, a large crowd gathered round him while he was still by the lake. Then one of the synagogue leaders named Jairus came, and when he saw Jesus, he fell at his feet. He pleaded earnestly with him, My little daughter is dying. Please come and put your hands on her, so she will be healed and live. So Jesus went with him. A large crowd followed and pressed around him. And a woman was there who had been subject to bleeding for twelve years. She had suffered a great deal under the care of many doctors and had spent all she had. Yet instead of getting better, she grew worse. When she heard about Jesus, she came up behind him in the crowd and touched his cloak. Because she thought, if I just touch his clothes, I'll be healed. Immediately, her bleeding stopped and she felt in her body that she was freed from her suffering. At once, Jesus realized that power had gone out from him. He turned round in the crowd and asked, Who touched my clothes? You see, the people crowding against you, his disciples answered, and yet you can ask, Who touched me? But Jesus kept looking around to see who had done it. Then the woman, knowing what had happened to her, came and fell at his feet and, trembling with fear, told him the whole truth. He said to her, Daughter, your faith has healed you. Go in peace and be freed from your suffering. This is the word of the Lord. Thank you, Gareth. Well, um, shall I pray for us? Lord Jesus, we pray, Lord, that you would speak to us uh, now through your words, Lord, that we'd only remember you and we'd only remember your words to us. And Lord, that you would provide comfort for us. Um, this woman was freed from her suffering. And Lord, we long for ourselves to be freed from suffering, God. And we long for our family and our friends to be freed from suffering. And so I pray, Lord, that you'd speak to us uh, in the heat of that uh, and you would bring us comfort. And Lord, that we would see that you, Jesus, are good news to thrill the heart. Amen. Amen. Um, hands up if you have at any point in your life taken medication for some kind of sickness or illness. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that is, I, I take it that that is pretty much everyone, isn't it? This, this passage, we're going to see, I think, why Jesus is good news to thrill our hearts. And it's because he, is, he has total power over sickness. So why should you listen to this? It's because it's the word of God, obviously, but also in here, I think, is a confidence and a hope and a joy, a resilience, even in sickness that otherwise crushes life. I pray this would be such sustenance for us, whether you're watching at home because you can't be here because of the threat of sickness or, or you've got that, whether you've got chronic pain uh, back pain like me, whether you've got some form of sickness, I pray that this would be such a, a comfort to us today. We're going to see Jesus' power over sickness, that he's the greatest doctor. 
You've got to come to Jesus. He's the only one who heals us. Uh, I pray for young amongst us that this might, this is where you might find all that resilience they tell you you've got to have at school uh, and at college, that you might find that in Jesus today. Uh, because he is wonderful and beyond comparison when it comes to sickness. So this is a, it's a, it's a funny story that happens just in the middle of actually, uh, we read in the first bit there, uh, Jesus has crossed uh, back over the lake. He's back on the, on the Jewish side of the Sea of Galilee. We've seen his power over evil, his power over the storm and nature. He's taught on the kingdom. Uh, and when he arrives back on the other side, a synagogue leader named Jairus comes because his little daughter is dying. And then extraordinarily, that story is interrupted by this story, which we're going to deal with first uh, today, and then Andrew is going to um, help us next week see uh, that story about Jairus and his daughter. So in this story, we're confronted by someone who is helpless before sickness. I wonder, do you recognise the burden and the prison of suffering that this woman has? Do you recognise that? Verse 25 to 26, a large crowd followed and pressed round him. And a woman was there who had been subject to bleeding for 12 years. She had suffered a great deal under the care of many doctors and had spent all she had. Yet instead of getting better, she grew worse. Is suffering. That's repeated there, isn't it, in verse 26, but also in verse 29 and down in verse 34. Her suffering is described as great. This condition that she's got, what would that produce? I don't know, pain frequently, low iron as your blood just runs out of you, which means you've got low energy, you feel weak. Maybe just the embarrassment and the shame of the marked clothes or the smell and the heat the constant need to be washing, the deep, deep pain of childbirth frustrated. I'm not sure, it doesn't tell us. The men not understanding but only being repelled by you or, or the frustration over the duration of it just for 12 years. The doctors are helpless, do you see that? They're trying to care but actually they only make it worse. They're just a drain on her resources, leaving only shattered hopes. They, their care only seems to increase the suffering, doesn't it? She's beyond the end of her finances and her emotional reserves. And there's even a spiritual element going on here as well, because bleeding of this type makes you unclean, according to Leviticus. It made her permanently unclean. That's not true today, in Christ, but then there's a spiritual impurity which meant that she, if a person touched her, that person would become unclean as well. And so she's isolated and avoided. Even friends avoid you. Have you experienced that with your sickness, with your suffering, that prison and burden, that isolation from others? Have you seen that in other people? We are helpless before sickness like this woman. What hope have we got? And the answer in this passage is Jesus. Jesus' power over sickness. Can you see in verse 27 to 29, what happens there? When she heard about Jesus, she came up behind him in the crowd and touched his cloak because she thought, if I just touch his clothes, I will be healed. 
Immediately her bleeding stopped and she felt in her body that she was free from her suffering. Can you see Jesus' power over sickness? It is total and sudden. It is costly, but it's also personal. So to start with, it's sudden, isn't it? The slightest touch of just the hem, just like the little bit at the back of the shirt there, that, that's enough to do it. Jesus is not even facing her, and there's this immediate effect. The point is, is that Jesus is so mighty to heal sickness that he can't even really help it. The merest contact with Jesus is enough. The power of healing and life flows out of him as readily as water flows out of a water balloon when you pop it. Jesus is the greatest doctor of all time. He has a power beyond human doctors. That's what we're getting here in verse 26, isn't it? And that's still true of today. No doctor can heal someone just by having the hem of their shirt touched. Doctors and medicine are absolutely great and wonderful. But imagine how much better they would be if they could heal like this when it came to Alzheimer's or cancer or chronic migraines or genetic degenerative disorders. Jesus' power over sickness is total. But it's also costly. Did you notice that in verse 30? At once, Jesus realised the power had gone out of him. It's sort of interesting that something goes out of him to her. It costs a bit. I think that's just a little nod to what's going to come with him dying on the cross. But it's also personal. Don't you love the way that Jesus seeks out the woman, not to chastise, but to say, daughter. We don't know her name. All that we know is, is that she's a daughter of Christ. Isn't that great? Look what he does. At once Jesus realised the power had gone out of him, verse 30. He turned around in the crowd and said, who touched my clothes? And the disciples well, look, you know, there's loads of people. Who is this? But 32, but Jesus kept looking around to see who had done it. Then the woman, knowing what had happened to her, came and fell at his feet, trembling with fear. Because she slightly pulled a fast one on him, I don't know. And then told him the whole truth. And he said to her, daughter, daughter, your faith has healed you. Go in peace and be freed from your suffering. She doesn't think that she's worthy to talk or even really to touch Jesus. That's why she feels guilty about it. She doesn't feel worthy of being relational with him because of her sickness. And that's why she sneaks up and sneaks off. But Jesus thinks the opposite. Where everyone else is avoided, he seeks her out to draw her in as daughter. Some uh, people strike up real friendships with their doctors, don't they? Loving them uh, and loving them for their care and their help. And why would that be any different with Jesus? You can't come to Jesus for healing, for forgiveness, and not expect a personal, caring, loving relationship with him. That's what this says, doesn't it? He's not a vending machine. He's a person that wants you and you to be his daughter or his son. Jesus' power over sickness is total, it's costly, it's personal. And the question that Mark is asking of us here is why does she get healed? Why does she get healed? Do you see the question being raised? In 24, there's this huge crowd pressing around. Why aren't they being healed? Uh, in verse 31, it's rubbed in, isn't it? You see the people crowding against you, his disciples answered, and yet you can ask who touched me. Everyone's touching you, Jesus. So why are they not healed? 
in this kind of moment, which is a bit like, I don't know, someone like Taylor Swift with all the reporters bundled around and the kind of the bodyguards, do you know what I mean? And you're tr they're trying to get out of a building and it's an sw absolute swarm. Everyone's touching him, but not everyone's being healed. So what's the deal? Well, the answer that we're given is it's faith in Jesus that sets us free from suffering. It's the faith in Jesus. You see that in verse 34? He said to her, daughter, your faith has healed you. Not the touching, but the touching that is the symptom of her faith. Do you remember her faith? It says, uh, verse 27, when she heard about Jesus, she came up behind him in the crowd because she thought, if I just touch his clothes, I will be healed. She totally believed, didn't she? It's obvious she believed that Jesus uh, was so much so the son of the Most High because who else could heal just by touching you or just by being touched the hem of their shirt? And so she has this result, doesn't she? She longs to be freed from her suffering in verse 29. And what does Jesus say at the end? Go in peace and be freed from your suffering. Has she been freed from suffering though? Has she been freed from suffering? It's quite specific, isn't it? She is freed from her suffering in that Jesus has removed it, hasn't he? But she's not freed from suffering generally. She will still grow old, get sick, and maybe suffer cancer or Alzheimer's or a bad back before she dies. And so in a way, we see that and we go, yeah, you are freed from your suffering right now, but actually, are you freed from suffering? Because that's what we want, isn't it? You know, I want my back to be healed, but I also, I don't want to go through, you know, Alzheimer's or whatever it is to come in the future. I want to be set free from that as well. And here is the good news hint in this passage for us, that she will be freed from it all, and so can we. Where did her bleeding come from? Or any disease for that matter? They weren't there in the Garden of Eden. And so sin lies behind every sickness. Sin is the baddest sickness in the world. Every heart has got it in. Every life is touched by the brokenness of disease that sin caused back in the beginning and now is rife all the way through our world. In fact, one of the first curses in Genesis 3 is the pain and frustration in childbirth. It can be no... It's no... It's no um, not consequence... No surprise that the thing we're dealing with here touches upon childbirth. This woman's bleeding and her resultant ritual uncleanliness is a reminder of several things. First, the world is not perfect. It is broken by sin. So disease and sickness exist. Second, sin is the real impurity. That's what it is, not the bleeding. And that's the impurity that cuts us off from other people and from God. And third, that as humans, we only spread that impurity about when we come into contact with one another. If anyone touched this woman, they would become impure and cut off from God and from the people of God. But weirdly, when Jesus touches her, it flows the other way. Rather than him becoming impure, she becomes pure. Rather than, do you see that? It just flows out of him into her. He pours purity and health into us both physically and spiritually. Is that okay? Good one, Paul. 
Look, here's Psalm 103 again. Praise the Lord, my soul, and forget not all his benefits. He forgives all your sins and and heals all your diseases. By Jesus' life, death, resurrection, and ascension into heaven, we are forgiven our sin and made perfect in the eyes of God. No longer cut off from him, but we're able to enter into his rest, free of suffering, one day in the future. And so to quote Colin Buchanan, who does wonderful kids' songs, the baddest sickness in the world is sin. Every single heart has got it in. You've got to come to Jesus. He's the only one who heals us. And that's what the promise is in Isaiah 53, when it says, by his wounds, we are healed. Faith in Jesus means we are healed spiritually now, and one day we will be healed forever physically. And so every Christian beats cancer. Christian healing is not weird or unusual. It's the normal course of events. He's guaranteed in Christ. The second we are face to face with him, health will flow into us like it did into this woman. You might be asking, why am I not healed today? And the answer here is, you will be. Can you wait trusting in Jesus? You might be asking, am I not healed today because I don't have enough faith? It does say in Matthew 21, whatever you ask, you will receive if you have faith. And so you might think, I've not been healed, so have I got inadequate faith? That's not right. Because you will be healed, guaranteed, if you trust in Jesus. Faith in Jesus means that you have been healed spiritually, and one day your body will catch up and be healed physically. But it's in God's timing and not ours. Do you notice that this woman waited for 12 years? Can you wait trusting in Jesus, seeing his power over sickness? I think God heals us in four ways. Be totally clear, four ways. He naturally heals us because our bodies heal up, and he does that. Number two, he heals us with medicines and doctors that God has graciously provided. And we want to make use of those medicines and those doctors and praise God for them. Number three, he heals in extraordinary ways in answer to prayer. He does do that. And it's amazing when that happens. And I love it when doctors go, this is crazy. This baby is thriving. That's not what should be happening. And it's like a whole church has been praying for them. But fourth... He heals us by bringing us into his presence in heaven forever, by forgiving our sin and bringing us home. That is guaranteed. When we as people of faith are suffering, or we see Christians suffering, we can think that Jesus isn't able to heal me, or he doesn't want to heal me because he doesn't care. But that's not right. He is able to heal us. Look how powerful he is. And he wants to heal us. Look at the cross. Jesus so desperately wants to forgive our sins and so see us healed and made new, a new creation in his presence that he goes to the cross for us. Look at his resurrection. If he can beat death, if he's that powerful, then of course he can conquer my sickness in that last day. And look at this passage here. You know, sickness can't help but be reversed in his presence, in that personal relationship with him. Jesus may not be setting you free from your disease or your sickness or your suffering today. And maybe he might not be doing that for someone that you know and love. And that is hard. It is hard. 
the suffering will often be very great. But he will heal us if we will have faith in him and wait. Suffering and sickness is real and painful, but there is a way in which we can be set free from its burden and its prison now. You know that feeling you've trapped in it? We can be set free from that by remembering that one day, with Jesus, I will be free of this. It still hurts, but we can keep going that the disease will not ruin our life. It'll ruin maybe the next 70 years, but it will not ruin our eternal life. Sickness and pain will not ruin my joy and delight of my life. Only taint these few years as I wait for Jesus and home in heaven. That's what Jesus did. For the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross. If you're not yet here a Christian, if, you, today, if you're here today and you're not yet a Christian, can I ask you, you're thinking through Jesus, can I ask you, who will heal all your diseases as you get older? Come to Jesus. He's the only one who heals us. If you're a young Christian, what will you do when sickness, your own sickness or of those that you love, when that comes along, who will you turn to for comfort? Because it's going to happen. And if you're going to thrive and flourish in that, you've got to come to Jesus because he's the only one who heals us. If you're a Christian who's suffering today at home, online or here, can you wait for the Lord who guarantees that you will be healed? Can you be bold in the face of sickness because you know you've got the one person who has total power over it? Can you do crazy things in that suffering for him? Let me leave you with the story of a bloke. I'm not going to say his name right. He's called Samuel Szereszewski. Is anyone Polish? Oh, Samuel Szereszewski. He died in 1906 after a long... He died at old age, actually. Uh, he was the Bishop of China. How amazing is that? And he was renowned for translating the Bible into Chinese. When he would have been about uh, 70, he had, I think, what was a stroke and was physically utterly incapacitated. He was mentally still quick, but his body was absolutely stuffed. Uh, and the disparity between his physical incapacity and his mental vitality caused him considerable suffering. And still, his wife Mary said he accepts everything with his usual lovely patience and tranquility, which is a perpetual support and comfort to me. This has been our Heavenly Father's special gift to him. And it had been otherwise, I hardly know how we could have met and sustained the many trials that have arisen from this illness. There's a guy who met his serious suffering with patience and tranquility because he knew Jesus heals everything, right? And then what he did in those times, sat in a chair, the same chair for 20 years, as he embarked upon one of the most amazing literary undertakings of all time. Using his middle finger on his right hand, he typed out a, rev a revision of his Mandarin Old Testament translation of the entire Bible in Easy Wenli. I don't know what that is. The literary language of all educated people in China, apparently, I don't know. But he spent 20 years with his finger typing that out. This monumental achievement lives on today in the lives of tens of millions of Chinese Christians who read the scriptures, especially the Old Testament, in a translation made by this remarkable servant of God. What enables you 
to live like that. It's that you know that Jesus is going to heal you. He has got total power over sickness. And I'm going home to be with him. Here's a man and his wife who clearly knew the hope of healing in Jesus Christ and how faithfully, how his faithfulness was used by the Lord. So the question today for us in this passage is, and to talk about over coffee before we do the bring and share lunch, is how does Jesus' power over sickness change the way we think about our chronic pain and sickness and that of others? How does that change? Let's pray. Lord Jesus, we are blown away by your awesome and wonderful power in Mark's gospel. Lord, you truly are the son of the most high God. And Lord, we are so longing for the day when we will be freed from suffering. And Lord, when you will free those that we love from suffering. And Lord, we know it's coming and we pray that you would come soon, Lord, and that you would do that. And we pray, Lord, that if that's not your will, that you would enable us by the power of your spirit working in our hearts to serve you faithfully and with great patience and with great gentleness and great humility that people might see in our lives how wonderful you are. Lord, what a gift you gave to this Bishop of China. And I pray, Lord, you give that gift of the knowledge of Christ to each one of us that we might be just like that. Amen. We're going to have a moment of reflection uh, on that just before we pray. So maybe a time just to bring your sickness or your suffering to the Lord or maybe that of someone that you know. And just why not have that passage open and just meditate on that for a minute. So we just have a minute of quiet just to pray to our Lord in light of that. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, there'll be many people on our hearts, and Lord, we will have many things, Lord, that we want to bring before you. And, oh, Lord, we long that you would heal us and those that we love. Uh, Lord, we thank you so much that you've given us bodies that fix themselves. We praise you for medicine and for doctors, and we pray your blessing upon them. Uh, And we thank you, Lord, that you do answer prayer. We pray, Lord, that you might do that, that you might at least alleviate some of the suffering that we see around us. And Lord, we thank you most of all 
uh, that one day we will enjoy being with you, uh, Lord, with this amazing life and health just flowing out of you into us. Uh, and Lord, we'll know what it is not to have back pain, not to have um, sickness and, and chronic disease and all these things, Lord, and what a wonder that will be. And I pray, Lord, that you lift our eyes to that and help us to persevere. Amen.